0: Welcome back to the Peacemakers Podcast, Episode 4. My name is Lindsay Hager, and I am your host. So I am recording this on April the 9th, and so that means that we are... About a month into our quarantine since we've been just going through everything with the COVID 19 situation we have here in our in our world here at this time. But I did record a video and I wanted to give you an update on our family and what's been taking place with us and just some of my process through that as a Type 9. And so I made a video for that. It's on my YouTube channel and you can find the link to that video. Actually, the video is going to be on my website. So lindsayhager.com. I will put that down in the show notes if you're interested in watching that video. So today, what we're going to be talking about is how the type nine has this thing about falling asleep to ourselves. Okay. So if you listen to the first couple of episodes, you know that I like to refer back to the book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram that's written by Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson, my favorite book at the time. Um, it's, my, it's kind of my go-to book for the Enneagram. So their definition of a Type 9 is that we are more devoted than any other number on the Enneagram to the quest for internal and external peace. We're always looking for how can we make our environment more peaceful? How can we maintain this inner peace inside of us, this inner harmony? And um, we're looking to maintain this peace of mind, like I said, not only in ourselves, but this peace of mind in the world around us. So we're constantly searching for this inner harmony. So I'm thinking about the COVID-19 crisis and how probably a lot of us are processing this maybe in two different ways. So we might be... um, you know, we might be kind of retreating into ourselves. We might be getting quiet and pulling away from others. We might be needing more alone time or, um, you know, it might be coming up as anger for some of us or as anxiety. Um, I've definitely run the gamut of of all of those things and it's just, you know, we're going through this time and, and searching for ways to protect ourselves and to stay sane in the middle of uncertainty. So, I would like to invite you, if if you would like to be a part of a community with some other Type 9s that might be experiencing some of the same things that you are experiencing, we have a Facebook community dedicated to Type 9. It's called Enneagram 9 Stories, and you can find that on Facebook. And I've just found that it's been a good way to have some... Um, I guess, some camaraderie with some other type nines that might be processing things the same way that I am. And actually, that leads me nicely into what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to talk about specifically how type nines fall asleep to themselves, but also we're going to hear from one of the Enneagram 9 Stories Facebook community members. His name is Jonathan, and he's just going to share a little bit about himself and um, kind of his way of processing the world as a nine. So if you're new to the Enneagram and some of you may have been brought in through a friend or through a family member, some of you are just, you know, reading through Instagram and kind of seeing all these memes about what it means to be a type nine or maybe how these, how you as a type nine is showing up in your relationships. A lot, a lot of times it's, um, through just, you know, funny scenarios that we find ourselves in as different types. But one of the things we do is, um... We fall asleep to ourselves, so maybe not externally, you know you may you may not connect with that image of like the sloth because you're maybe maybe you find yourself to be very active and you're always moving and getting things done, but what we're doing is we're falling asleep internally to our own needs, so for me um that looks like you know Rizzo and Hudson, the authors of that book I mentioned. They say that as children, we did not learn how to assert ourselves adequately into our environment. So for me, this looked like fading into the background um, of my family. Um, I was the youngest child and I got a lot of attention, but I guess something about or some in some way I was still holding myself back or just kind of a lot of times would just be quiet um, when I was with my family. I even re- remember um, I was probably like four or five and being in the car with my family and we had a station wagon and i was sitting in the back uh, I, I actually may have even been like in the in the complete back of the station wagon before like you know wearing seat belts was was like recommended um i was probably in the back of the station wagon and i remember my mom saying is lindsay with us um like is lindsay here because i was just so quiet and I I remember being like, yeah, I'm here or I'm back here. Um, but that was just one example of how I would just retreat into my mind. Um I would stare out the window. I would I don't know if I was daydreaming or just kind of like being quiet, keeping peace within myself. Um, But that pattern has carried with me throughout my life. So even in adulthood now, you know, I can kind of get overcrowded with the agendas of others. So because I'm trying to maintain peace within myself and maintain peace with others, um, that's how, you know, a lot of times I, in order to maintain peace within myself, I'm pleasing others. And so I can get overcrowded with what does everyone else want to do? How can I go along with their desires before my own and accommodate in whatever way I can so that other people are happy? So it's like I have this belief that it's my job in whatever environment I'm in to keep other people happy. And I have this twisted little way of thinking that that's going to in in turn bring myself peace. But what happens in doing that, and I think is for, you know, a message for the type nine, what happens when we do that is that we end up losing ourselves. So we're falling asleep to our own desires. And I think this is why we oftentimes don't know our opinions about things. Like someone might say, where do y'all want to go to dinner? And and you're like, oh, I don't care. I'll just go along with the flow. Um, and for me, like my, my husband can attest to this. I um, you know, as he starts to say, well let's let's have Chinese food or let's have Mexican food or Italian or whatever, like if he says something that I don't want, then I can pretty quickly pinpoint like, oh, I don't want that. But it's not always easy for me to pinpoint like exactly what it is that I'm that I'm wanting at that moment. So um that's just a little example of how we can fall asleep to ourselves. So we're going to hear a little bit from, like I said, one of our Enneagram 9 Stories members. His name is Jonathan, and he's going to share a little bit about his experience as a Type 9 and some of those ways that he's found himself falling asleep to his desires and some of the ways that he avoids conflict in his life.
1: Uh, for me, the, kind of the strength and the beauty of the Enneagram has been, you know, uh, an I don't know if you know if it feels the same for other types, but I feel like for us especially, it really you know it's very a very big thing to kind of like see a way in which you have maybe been asleep to yourself and your needs and just like I very much uh, connect with you know it's such a such a feels like such a revelation um, mm-hmm. and like that's why it's very easy to just like dig into and come back to uh, because it it's it's a really hard thing to do and just, um, you know, very easy to see kind of like in childhood, you know, being just, a, you know, I was the younger of two brothers and, you know, I was the, you know, I was the quieter one, you know, a little, I, I'm definitely a rule follower uh, and could it be because I, you know, saw my bigger brother breaking a lot of rules. So I was like, I don't want any of that. So I'm just going to be quiet and, uh, you know all is good Mm -hmm. Um, and you know nothing major but it was just like uh, very much felt like you know the you know it's just it's just always felt uh and detrimentally into adulthood like it it would just feel like you know if I well if I don't say anything or I don't like do anything like I won't you know say the wrong thing do the wrong thing uh without realizing it like you know I'm sure it's a challenge, but like hearing you guys talk about, like um, hearing you guys talk about, like thinking in your head, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing or the right thing, you know, or I, I want to be aware of how this is going to come across. I'm very rarely aware of that uh, beforehand, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. uh, pay for it on the back end. So for mm-hmm. like, my kind of expression of being a nine has been, you know, not saying, you know, if you don't say anything then you know, and, and with that, finding the ways of, you know, phrasing things and putting things because I can, can very much play the devil's advocate or, or just see both sides. But I'm going to say something in a way that you leave thinking that, like, you probably assume that I agree with you when I'm just exercising a very natural ability to understand you, mm-hmm. but I'm much less comfortable with stating how like okay here I understand you and here's what I think if it is different or if I think it will be perceived in a bad way but like I'm not very aware of that it's just a it's a fully you know sensory thing like stranger danger
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, as you guys are listening to Jonathan share about his experiences, like what are some things that are coming up for you? Are you thinking that sounds like something I do? Are you thinking I don't relate to that at all? You know, you you may not relate to the fact that he's the youngest child in his family. I am the youngest child also, and I, I did similar to he did, you know, I, um, into the background of my environment in a similar way than he did. Um, and I would say that I'm an introvert. Um, I'm not sure what he would say if he's I think he he actually later on talked about being he feels like he's more of an extrovert now, but but that's that's beside the point. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert or if you were the youngest child in your family. When we're looking at the Enneagram, we're looking more at those motivations. So I hear him talk, and I hear other Enneagram Nines, um, other Enneagram Nines, talk about how they are holding themselves back, how they feel like they, you know, hold their opinions back for the sake of others, or they're kind of like editing what they're going to say so that they don't ruffle feathers of the person that's that's with them. But what starts to happen when we do this over and over and over again, like I said earlier, is that we lose ourselves. So for years, I have wanted to start something. I've wanted to put myself out there um, in a way that was either through a business or through um, writing or starting a blog or, you know, just just in my community, you know, wanting to start like a book club or something where I could hear others talk about their lives and share some of my experiences with others. But, you know, what I've done is just not done done anything. I've just... Other's desires above my own. I have felt like I'm not qualified enough to do that. I don't know enough, or you know, I'm not a great speaker, or you know, I haven't had that experience. Um, that may, you know, why would anyone want to listen to me? And what I'm finding out about myself through the Enneagram and through learning more about being a, a type nine is just the thing I've been doing because I'm a peacemaker is looking for peace. And and trying to come about getting that peace in the wrong way. So I've I've thought that through holding myself back that I would be maintaining peace, but really I've just stayed in kind of a state of of like discord with myself because I haven't been fully living out of of my design. And for the sake of not having conflict with others, I've been um, negating my own. Value in my own desires, so that goes back to that falling asleep to ourselves that we do. So, in the book *Wisdom of the Enneagram*, Rezo and Hudson say that it does take some digging for the nine to get in touch with themselves. If you've ever been to counseling, or you know, if if you've just ever had anyone say, "How's your day going? What's going on?" Um, you know, just kind of someone checking in on you you may, your go-to answer or your your go, go-to go feeling may be, I'm fine, everything's good, or, you know, it's been a pretty good day. And I'll just say it for myself, that's what I've done. I've just said like, yeah, today's, today's a good day. But if they were to press further um, and ask like, well, what's been good about it? And, and if they got me talking more, um, you know, if it was someone that I trusted, then um, eventually I would get down to more of like a, well, you know, How am I feeling Um, whenever I've, you know, I've gone to counseling some in my life for some stuff in the past. And I remember my counselor, it would, it would take me like 30 minutes almost for my counselor to figure out what was going on with me. And it wasn't that I was hiding it on purpose. It was just, there were like three layers of talking that I needed to get through before I could actually recognize what it was that I was feeling or what it was that I was, you know, going through. So I might, I don't know. It's, I also can equate that to like, if I go and get a massage, it t- it takes me a good like 30 minutes to feel like I'm even like relaxed enough to enjoy the massage. So, um, so if anybody's out there thinking about getting me a massage, you can make sure it's a 90 minute one, please. Just kidding. I just want to say if you... If you're in a relationship with a nine, then that might be a little heads up for you that you might not want to take the easy answer. If you ask them, how are they doing? And they just say fine, or it's been an okay day or, you know, kind of give the, yeah, it's great. Um, Ask them more, go to the next question. What, you know, what is great about it? Or, you know, why is it that you're fine and not great? Or, you know, how could you be better? And just, just dig more and more and more because, It might not be that they're holding back on purpose. They just may not be in touch with what it is that they're really feeling. And if you're a nine, um, I just want to say that something I'm learning about myself as I'm walking forward in this journey of sharing my voice and putting myself out here like this, what I'm learning is that I have value and it's something that I always have known, and it's that I've had, you know, I've had glimmers of that value, but I'm not, and I'm not finding that I have value because someone else is telling me. I'm finding that I have value because I'm feeling it within myself, and I'm feeling that value within myself the more that I keep pushing through, and, um, kind of like pushing through some of those fears that I have had and you know I may have been saying I'm not qualified enough to do this or what if no one listens or you know what if I ruffle some feathers all of those things may be true you know I may not be the most qualified podcaster I may not be or I may be stepping on people's toes or xyz but it doesn't matter ultimately it matters that I'm following my desire to do something I am pushing through the fear whenever it comes up and I just keep moving forward. And and I just want to encourage you if there's something that you've been holding back from doing or a conversation that you've been um, holding off on because of fear that someone wouldn't accept you or someone would, you know, it would create discord in your relationships. I just want to encourage you that it may, it may not come out this, the exact way that you think it's going to. You know, maybe it will change some relationships for a bit, but, but maybe it would be better on the other side because that relationship has changed. Um, maybe you'll develop some better trust with people in your life. Maybe you will start feeling more valued because you're speaking your mind and you're speaking your truth, and you can see that other people do accept those things. Okay, so I just want to thank Jonathan for being a part of this episode and for his time that he gave um, me and for being a part of the Enneagram Nine Stories community. If you are interested, if you are listening out there and want to be a part of a group of of other type nines that are learning and growing together and sharing um, and just encouraging each other, um, please take a look at the show notes. I've included the link and as well as the other links that I mentioned today in the book that I mentioned all down in the show notes. If you liked this episode and think it would help someone else, please share it with someone else on your social media. If you really liked it, you can go over to iTunes and leave me a review. That's how others will be able to find the podcast and hopefully it'll connect with more people out there. Thanks guys. Bye-bye.